Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. We knew this festival season was going to be different than every other festival season. With every few steps forward, there's a step backwards. Some artists are in, some artists are out. But will this trend continue? Breaking news on the What Show podcast, the return of the arch on the farm at Bonnaroo, and a special heart-to-heart with the founder of Consequence, Alex Young. How did he start one of the most influential online music publications in the world? He will talk to the least influential podcast in the world. The What Podcast starts right now. The show started today the same way it starts every day, with Barry Quarter saying the words, Have you ever seen a better head of hair? And I dare say no. The What Podcast, which bands this year that matter? It's Barry Quarter, Brad Steiner, Lord Taco, locked somewhere in his bus. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. It's a good hair day. You know that? Yeah. I never really used to think about those type of things till I met you. You met me. So you met me, and then everything changed. But a good hair day is a good day. Yeah. It's a good day. You know, um, sometimes I say that about so much of my life. Uh, I wonder how I've changed that person. You or me? Yeah, that's what I say. Oftentimes, I wonder how I've made that person better. (laughs) Wow, that's a good question. Uh Uh-huh. Are, is my is my day better because you had a good day hair day uh-huh. or is my day better because now I'm aware that I've had a good hair day? I That's wonder good, how both I, of those are viable questions. Sure. I also say I wonder how I have been incredible for their life today. <laughs> I've done something to make them great. Just walking through the universe. Brad's having a good hair day. Therefore, yeah. I'm having a good hair Therefore, day. Therefore, I'm happy. Brad's Therefore. happy that I'm happy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That takes good, it right? next level. That takes it next level. I love it. Um, man, <laughs> I, I don't know if we're at the next level, but I feel like we've we've hit some sort of, 
you know, with every step forward, there are steps backwards, Barry. With every step forward, there are steps backwards. All kinds of news to get to today. But today is exciting because our special guest today is our own Alex from Consequence Podcast Network slash Consequence, formerly Consequence of Sound. Um, we'll get into the story of, of how uh, getting to know Alex here in a bit. Uh, but when we signed on with Consequence, the first thing that I said is, I want you to be on the show because I think that your story has got such an interesting twist yeah. and turn. There's so, so much about you that is <laughs> yeah. really of like the, the universe today, you know, how many people now that are just saying, you know what, I'm going to do a TikTok channel and I'm going to make that for my profession. Uh, that's yeah. essentially what he did with consequence of sound. Um, I like music, so I'm going to write and uh, let's see if I can make a life out of this. I'm going to collect a bunch of records and be that nerd. And then I'm going to write stories about it. And then I'm going to create a podcast and then it's going to become a thing. Yeah. yeah that's kind of my dream. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did exactly what we've all been wanting exactly. to do. You know, uh, he created his own thing and it has become one of the biggest music websites on the planet. You know, yeah. I mean, when you really think about the ones that are of the Rolling Stone, Pitchfork. Exactly. Um, you're up there. He's in the conversation. And that is incredible considering 15 years ago, he was just a dude without a job. And he just, just whipped, up, he whipped up his own thing. That's that. And that's the difference. He, yeah. he, he spent 24 seven thinking about how to make it work. I had the dream and then I was like, eh, I'm going to bed. And then I got out of the shower. I'm yeah. going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to go watch uh, Cheers or whatever. Yeah, I think the OC yeah. is on. I, uh, I'd love the to watch OC. another. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, I'm, I've got my notepad. Uh, I'm done. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've got uh, a, ton, a ton to talk to him about. Uh, I want to start with some of the news this week. Um, some good, some bad. We'll start with the good news or the bad news. Which one do you want to start with, Barry? Uh, let's start good. Good news. The Arch is back, kids. The Arch is back for 2021. No more Squarch. Uh, for those who do not know, this started as a Bonnaroo podcast specifically that now talks about the industry, festivals in general, but our heart and soul still is with Bonnaroo. They, for years, when you walked into Bonnaroo, you walked under the Arch. And every year, the Arch was different. It was designed different. It became the the calling card of the Bonnaroo experience walking through the arch every single year. Well, some odd reason in 2019, they decided to trash the arch. The thing yeah. that had, was the glue that held the whole thing together. They trashed it. They burnt it. They threw it to the ground. They spit on it. They acted like it was not worthy of this world. And they replaced it with a big fat square that was digitized and bizarre. It looked like a big pizza box. It made no sense. And, and they heard the complaints and the Bonnaroo people have brought back from the dead, rising like a phoenix, the arches back, buddy. Uh, okay, you're half right. <laughs> That's not why they tore it down. They tore it down because they showed up what three years ago and it was full of bees it was completely rotted it was a disaster it had to be burned literally which they did now 
what they did after that is where your story picks up a little bit. But uh, they, they just, they, all right. How do we say? So wait this? a second. Are you telling me? And and this is to clarify for those who don't know that the arch was the same arch every year, just with a new coat of paint on it. Pretty close. The okay. the structure. Yeah. You're telling they me they didn't build a new arch every year. They built around the new arch every year, and they showed up, and it was literally a a disaster. Mm-hmm. And they ha- they literally had to burn it because it was full of bees. So for those who have never been to Bonnaroo and they and thought of a, this is much to do about nothing. Now, I know that this sounds stupid, but this has been a point of contention with every Bonnarooian that has stepped foot on the farm. It would be like the person that goes to hangout and the restaurant, the hangout became a Chili's <laughs> or if you know um you go to Lollapalooza and the Perry sign for Perry stage is replaced with you know some poster board and a parasol there are just per- parts of each festival that feel like your home and that art was a big part of it i feel like though the squarts would not have been so hated Barry if the story that you just described had been a little bit more part of the conversation. I'm not saying that they didn't say that, but that was not something that was also, if they said, Hey, um, we're going to, we're going to burn the arch. We had some terrible bees. We had to get rid of it. We're going to do this just for this year. And the arch will be back. Nobody would have cared, but we thought that we were stuck with this big square fat block for the rest of time. Uh, You know, it, it's such a weird way to say it. Yeah. So what happened, if you remember, what was it? Three years ago, it was literally. So what happens is the farm is literally a farm for 350 whatever days of the year. They show up and they start putting it together. They show up and the arch is full of bees they have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. It's not like they spent all year thinking we're going to do a squarch. Sure. They showed up and the arch is full of bees well, and sure, it's rotted. But, but they could have said, this is just temporary. It's coming back. Don't worry. But they made us sit there and worry and sweat oh, all and right, cry so- for hours <laughs> and weeks and months and now years We've been worried about this so up here, until Jeff Cuellar stands in front of the Manchester City Council and says the arch is coming back, which, by the so, way, which city councilman asked that question? Well, apparently you, your buddy or whoever here. And here's where I here's where I think it got sideways. And okay. I love that expression. Things got sideways. Um, I don't think they thought it was going to be as big a deal. You know what? Here's what I'm saying. They showed up on the farm. They had to deal with the situation. They dealt with it. They set it on fire. And the Reddit community, the Bonnaroo community went crazy. Mm -hmm. They came up with what they thought was an idea. And nobody liked it. I know. But but (laughs) it's like it's like if they take. It's like if they take down the Hollywood sign and replace it with a digitized billboard. It's a fair, that's a f- 
fair comparison. Who wouldn't have seen that coming? Um, again, I'm not defending. I don't uh-huh. mean to be defending. I'm just telling you the facts I, of the matter. Here's what I, happened. So I, let me tell you, okay, this story, I'll never forget this. So we, I'm not going to say who it was, but um, one day we were being taken around the, 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 the campus there, Bonnaroo, and they were the day they showed off the scorch, the brand new arch. And you know that scene in Christmas Vacation where the lights don't pop on and the dad, <laughs> like the grandfather, just like, really good work, Clark. Really good work. It was, you are everybody you are, that worked for Vodder was looking at it like that. All right. Uh, I don't know. All right. So, Again, I'm not disagreeing. Uh, I thought the video component of the Squarch had some merit. Yeah, it could have been done really well. And it was done really well. They did the best they could with a big, giant pizza box. That's all I'm saying. So the, the Arch apparently has become this thing as we want the Arch back. So apparently the Arch is back. Yeah. So I mean, you could have we just spent 20 minutes or 15 we people just playing spent 15, spoons on the on the on the what stage, but as long as you have the arch, people are okay. We just spent 15 minutes talking about the arch. I know. It's you a major know. deal. I know for some people who don't know what this is, this sounds so completely ridiculous. That so a, the, the real question is do you pull the do you pull the uh things, the sticky things off on Friday, or do you wait till Sunday? Or do you wait till things? Monday? The the glitter. You don't even know what I'm seeing. That's what I'm talking about. You and I have never. How many times have you walked under that? <laughs> Wait a arch? second. But it's how many times every year? You, it's redesigned uh, every year, so it's not like yeah. But there's always on, the glitter uh, things, and you're supposed to on Monday when you leave pull one off. I bet you don't even know what I'm talking about. I do. I do know what you're talking about. But again, the glitter have? sticky things are not there every yeah, year. What are they Barry? called? Uh, what are, I don't even know. You you come up with it. What are they called? You can't think they're, of it either. They're dangers. <laughs> now you just grab a <laughs> grab a dangler. The dingleberries. The glitter danger. Um, I no. I look. I've never. I have never stolen a piece of property from the Bonnaroo farm. I would never ever do that. <laughs> but it is. It is a uh, big news. It is it's a big of, deal. It's a big deal. Honestly, you know, if they knew all these lineup drops were going to be coming, they should have made a big deal of new headliner. Bonnaroo Arch. The Arch is coming back. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if they do lose yet another artist, they might as well just put Bonnaroo Arch in that artist spot on the lineup (laughs) because it would make just as much of a deal. Like, let's say, for instance, they lose uh, Tyler, the creator. Don't you think they could just place the Arch in his line and everybody be like, no, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. (laughs) On your poster. Just the arch, <laughs> the arch, like the, the arch is back. That's third, fine. It's a good, that's a good Sunday closer. The right. That's a good like Sunday it. closer. Like All right. Arch. So speaking of uh, lineup uh, additions and subtractions, um, the other thing that happened Bonnaroo this week is they lost a uh, ton. Uh, this is this is fodder for maybe another day, or hell, we can get into it. But losing Janelle Monet, Lana Del Rey. King Giz, Deftones, all in the same week, and replacing them with Krungbin, who turns out 
you know, Barry, we didn't know who Krung, remember that time we didn't know who Krungbin was? I'm so <laughs> irritated with myself about that conversation because I, I can't, never mind. And then um, we also got an addition with Ruf, Rufus DeSoul. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to start with the obvious. Rufus DeSoul is not a headliner of Bonnaroo, and um, God love them, and I'm glad they can pitch in here at the last minute. But if they're playing the what stage, which according to their own social media, that they're playing the what stage. Um, oh, boy. That's um, not good. Okay, here's what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, from sources who will not be named, uh, only the Deftones was a surprise. The others were in the works. Janelle Monet is going to do a movie. Been in the works. Lana Del Rey, been in the works. Uh, King Giz, uh, like, like a lot of bands in today's world, can't make it all work. Uh, the Deftones might have been a surprise. So, right, I'm going to start, start with the obvious question. When you say it's been in the works, this is not a COVID decision. Correct. None of them. None of them. So, um, well, then the second question is, why did they, why were they put on the lineup to begin with? Well, uh, so, <laughs> so here's me putting on several hats. And, Don't cover and, up that head of hair, Barry. Never, never put on a hat to cover up that point. hair. Fair point. Let's see. Um, Things happen. A lot of these things happen. Um, the it's not that unusual. It's it's unusual in Bonnaroo history. I mean, we had the case with uh, Mumford that dropped out. They had an illness. Uh, we they brought in uh, uh, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, it happens in some festivals where things change, and this is sort of that Janelle would probably be the one and, and, and look, I bring her up because I love, love, love Janelle Monet. That one hurts. The fact that it happened all at once um, is why we're talking about it. Right. No question. The fact that it happened in a pandemic year all at once is why we're talking about it. Right. No question. The fact that it happened seven weeks before, you know, this festival is supposed to happen is why we're talking about it. From what I'm told, and I have no reason to doubt, is it has nothing to do with pandemic. It's festival related. Now, is it kind of because we're coming out of this weird thing and everybody's trying to find out where they're going to land i would say yeah you're crazy if you don't believe that but i mean janelle monet is a good example i mean when did she become a movie and tv star right i mean that happened it did happen so you know she had an opportunity to go make a movie so she's gonna go make a movie um okay but uh okay not covid related it's fine are there any others 
that are possible dropouts that are know known. Of. Huh? I'm told. I'm told no. I am told no. I mean, are we mean are we are we expecting more additions to make up for the lack of? For the two, for the there's four that have dropped out and only two have been replaced. Are we expecting more additions? Not that I know of. Okay. Not that I, I know something of. feels weird here. I, well, the that was, uh, and I didn't get too deep deep into it. But the other question I had was, are we still expecting eighty thousand people at Bonnaroo? Yes. It's on. It's gonna be on. It's gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. Full on. So I think the word that you're looking for is lit. And if you want to do two yeah. words, you could do litty titties. My friend. You could do litty. See, I, I, does that work for me when I say that? Well, <laughs> yeah, could. Um, <laughs> depends. Depends on what you like, my man. Uh, so look, yeah. uh, look, something feels weird about this because if this has been in Great. the works and they knew that this was coming, it kind of feels weird that they were on the poster to begin with and why they were part of the lineup. Um, so so they didn't see these things coming or they were put on the lineup and then just hope for the best. For instance, the King Gizzard thing. This has been snooped out by people on Reddit and message boards for months since the lineup came out. Essentially, people were like, wait, there's a there's a problem here with King is I, I feel like somebody snuffed this out a while ago S- to the point where they even started asking them on social media, asking Bonner on social media, is King Gizzard still going to be on the farm? We got a message two months ago. Hey, can you look into this uh, possible rumor that King Gizzard's pulled out of Bonnaroo? Uh, all of this turns out to be true. I just don't understand why they were put on the lineup to begin with. Uh, this is what I didn't want to get into. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but I but not it, to pick on you or not not no, to, it, not it, to hedge it, in him, but it's just it's such a weird year. I mean. Even in a normal year, Brad, we've had this. We did. This is why we exist, right? It's this stuff that we love. In a normal year, this is the kind of thing that you know we're you and I are trying to get before somebody else, and who's told us what or whatever. But I mean, I I don't disagree with you. I know what you're saying. It's just who knows. I mean so okay how about i'll put it this way um i to double back on all of this i asked straight up the Lollapalooza people if they expect to have any dropouts between now and i asked you that two days ago they said no yeah they've heard they've heard nothing and they expect nothing to change i asked you that two days ago after these things announced and i Mm -hmm. and it was because i assumed it was pandemic related and it was going to be a like a domino type of thing. And then I find out today, no, it was other things. It was just coincidental that the four of the announcements, the one being the surprise, the Deftones, were, you know, happened this week. It's a it's a lot. It's a that I mean Lana Del Rey, Janelle, uh, Lana, Lana, Lana Del Rey, Janelle Monet, King Gizzard, and Deftones could be their own festival by themselves. I agree. <laughs> um, 
and and those those four artists could be your headliners at ACL Fest right now. Um, so yeah, I I wonder if our the cynicist in me always wonders if if there was always an understanding that there's going to be 15% of a festival lineup that gets dropped no matter what, right? I wonder if somebody like ACL Fest throws on some artists knowing that they're probably going to drop all for them to make their lineup feel better. We haven't had that yet. But I wonder if this was anticipated the moment that the lineup came out. Or were they pretty much locked and set and felt pretty good about it? I mean, it feels as though the Lollapalooza people are pretty set and feel good about it. Um, honestly, I can't believe this hasn't happened more often, to be honest, when you start thinking about it. Well, and that that's, I will say this. God, it sounds like such a snarky thing to say. Um, and you, and you know, you know this because you've been involved in putting on events it happens. You have somebody, you have somebody, you think they're on the hook, they're on the line, you're ready to go with the poster, and then they drop out. I've got two examples for you. One uh-huh. of which is about to ha- I feel like it's about to happen to me right what, now. What was the I'm, one that happened with... Uh, her name's Madison Beer. No, no. Who was the one... He screwed me over. Three or four year, uh, weeks ago that was uh, dropped out of uh, Lala. Was it Lala or ACL that you were so upset about? Um, oh, I get upset Kendrick, about something every Kendrick. day. I don't it was Kendrick, know. right? Oh yeah, yeah. That was the last minute. Yeah, that was the last minute poll. Yeah. Um, so and, and if we you talked remember, about that with Alex here in a bit. Yeah, if you remember a month ago, I said that's why you don't announce and you don't hint and you don't drop the hints and you don't let the Brads and the Berries of the world know we almost have Kendrick. Yeah. And then you don't, and then you and I are like, oh, it's well, a disaster. Look, this is the worst the- festival ever. Okay. Do you think the lineup is still as good as you thought it was without Lana Del Rey, Janelle Monet, Kingas, and Deftones? Yeah. Me yeah, other two. I still yeah. think it's the best. I, I still think it's the best festival lineup of the year. I think it's great. I think it's great. Now, I mean, I, I love Janelle Monet. Uh, I think Lana was going to be such a great placement, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. King Gizzard, I was great. I was looking forward to seeing. But yeah. Um, you know, that's what I, I mean, that's, it's such a weird thing when you pull somebody off that you thought you had, and that's why they don't do it. But this is not unusual. I don't think, I mean, it's, un, it's unusual to have four acts of this level. Of that caliber. Of that of level. This caliber, yeah, yeah. No question about that. Yeah. All I at mean, the same time. You mentioned Mumford. Mumford happened you know, a week because because of the guy's car accident yeah, or something. Died. No, his brain tumor. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was. For <laughs> I mean, yeah. give me a break. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of another level that has been announced that has dropped out with just weeks to go, and I I, I don't think someone's uh, going to correct me. I know somebody's much smarter about this than me, but my, man, Mumford feels like the the biggest one of the bunch. That's a bunch. That's a big one, and uh, I could think of you know our own local one. Because somebody got offered a uh, Glastonbury. I mean, um, I can't think of who it was. But or it was... a radio DJ starts blabbing his mouth too early. <laughs> or uh, DJ. Yeah, yeah. Blink. Was it Blink? 
That's Weezer. Weezer. Do we tell that story? Do we tell? I think we tell that story in the sh- in the conversation with Alex uh, here in a bit. Uh, which, by the way, thanks for joining us. The What Podcast. Alex from Consequences Sound, the founder of Consequences Sound, going to be uh, our guest today on the What Podcast. All right. So, so that's, here's a, that's a lot of information, though. That's a lot here's of the news. Bonnaroo is going to happen. It's seven weeks away, Brad. It's time mm-hmm. to start packing. Oh I, man! Have you thought about that yet? Have you? Even, I got. Well, you, you I got to figure out how you're going to get from New Orleans to Tennessee. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to use these uh, thing called roads, but <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, we actually got into a uh, a little bit of a domestic tiff about that very thing this past <laughs> week when I tried to explain what I thought the schedule should be. <laughs> My ideas turns out not at all what. Um, <laughs> Someone else is anticipating. So my idea was because, you know, we wanted to get there on a Tuesday, which, by the way, there's a whole conversation here. And in the Ruham kids brought this up on Twitter earlier today. Um, You know, dad, ham and son ham. Uh, Dad ham brought up uh, the the entry method because the exit is now closed and they've they've repositioned some of the scheduling and how you get into the festival. There's a whole conversation there. I my head is swimming trying to figure out how they're getting people in on these 12 hour windows. Uh, that's a conversation with somebody much smarter than me. But with all the 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 changes, I just anticipated us getting there maybe on a Tuesday now, Barry, instead of a Wednesday. So I was thinking I would take the weekend, drive up to Tennessee and Chattanooga, stay in on Sunday, get all of my stuff together on Monday, be ready to roll on Tuesday. Um, the, um, the marital unit doesn't have the same schedule. She yeah. is not interested in showing up on Tuesday of not happening, not happening. Let me just she's, say, she literally said to me, dumb. well, she also said to me, why not this year just be like a Friday, Saturday. What do you think? Ooh. I said, well, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's uh, well, I can mind. promise you I'm not going up and carrying this bucket all by myself <laughs> from Tuesday to Monday. <laughs> I was not going to start throwing everybody else under the bus and saying, I can't do that to him. I can't do that to him. Wow. I, that'll be my last card that I play. Well, put it this way. She's welcome to come up on Friday and stay on Saturday. Sure. But I, no, yeah. Brad, you, Brad you, can't pull his diva card and roll it on two wheels on Friday morning. It's not no, happening. you, me, and Taco, it's either all in or none in. That's going to be. I know. I know. I understand. All right. And, so, um, and, and, and again, it's seven weeks from now. I know. It's, it's paralyzing. I don't think you do. Well, I, I mean, don't. I do because I've had, I've now's had friends. When, now's when I can't sleep. You know, every year since 2002 or 2005, mm-hmm. about this time of year, I, st- I can't sleep anymore. I understand. I've, but I've got, I've got Lollapalooza in a couple of weeks. Let me get through that, and then I can start wrapping my head around what. You, you, know, you do whatever, water. but I'm going to have to start thinking about my camp and my tent and my pillow. <laughs> Good old dad. Thank God we have dad. So today we're I'm talking worried to. about you. I'm worried about me. <laughs> Alex from Consequence of Sound, now Consequence. We'll go through a whole bunch of stuff about how he got started and, and the future of Consequence as they go through their rebrand and then you know become a multimedia conglomerate, ginormous, expansive operation. But how we got hooked up 
and we've told this story before on the show. So if you've heard it, I apologize. One day I was checking the Twitter messages and um, somebody had left a message. His name was Alex. And he said, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah from Consequence of Sound. Would love to hook up. Love the podcast. I thought that was yeah. a total bullshit move. <laughs> it's like, who? that's not true. This is some spam account, whatever. So I, I respond. I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever, dude. And turns out the guy was for real. I did a couple of, I did a little bit of a search. No, I think I did. Yeah. We, I think we I found realized out, that, oh, hey, uh, I think he's the founder. <laughs> this might be legit. So we get on the horn with Alex and he starts talking about how he really likes the show and he'd like to, you know, make, you know, the show part of the the consequence of sound podcast network. And, you know, it was one of those moments where, you know, Barry and I, when we started, we didn't, this is not something that we anticipated. We just wanted to get together and start talking about, you know, bands every, every week or so. And so um, it's success was surprising, but we also didn't want to be a part of anything that didn't feel natural and right. So um, it was, I think a matter of six, seven seconds before we said yes, uh, because consequence just makes so much sense for us because they uh, have a lot of the same values. I've been such a fan of the product for so long. It it just fit. And um, we couldn't be, first off, it's nice to know that somebody likes us, which by the way, if you do, could you please rate and review the the podcast if you've done it already i appreciate that it's probably early on you can go do it again um but you know drop in a rate and review on whatever platform you use and let's say you have an apple you have an iphone or something you did the rate and review you could also go and rate and review on spotify all of those things really really help um get us in front of uh, more people who like all the same things that you and i like so we get onto the network and you know, it just opens up so many opportunities and we're just now starting to scratch the surface of them. And before we really got into it, we wanted Alex to come on the show and sort of explain where consequence is in all of this. And I really enjoyed the conversation because it was, you know, we've, we've hit so many different angles surrounding the industry over the last couple of weeks barry it was this was a just a totally different totally different part of it that you know nor we've talked about my industry a bunch we've never talked about your industry and this version of your industry was really interesting to me yeah no it was it was fascinating everything about it and i think what we keep stumbling across from the beginning of starting this four years ago is whatever your industry, whatever your angle, where you're, wherever you're coming from, it's very common. We all just like music. It's just a different way of entering the the room, if you will. I mean, that's maybe a trite way of saying it, but we all come in, we all, we all end up in the same room. We all end up at the same festival. It's just, how do we get there? Um, and so we've talked to the A&R guy. We've talked to the, I mean, we've talked to the fan of the, 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 uh, ticket winner, uh, Jacqueline mm-hmm. that we talked to the other day. She's to me, no, not that much difference than different than Alex or you yeah. or me, you yeah. know, I mean, she's 
into it and uh she just happens to be in the military <laughs> you know what i mean am, am i am i reaching too far no to you're go? right so so the, it's a commonality it's a thing that, that brings us all together and the thing that is so ironic about all of this is you know alex stumbles upon a podcast about bonnaroo and, and music festivals well the whole reason why he got into starting his own website and blog was because he went to Lollapalooza for the first time when yeah. he was a kid. And then that just got him hooked. Um, not any different than how Bonnaroo hooked you, Barry, and, yep. and reinvigorated yep. your career. Yep. Um, and Jacqueline was uh, working at Starbucks and mm -hmm. uh, on a military base and joined the military and took a weekend to come up to Manchester and go to Lollapalooza. I mean, it's it's really, you know, if, if you <laughs> on paper, it looks crazy, mm -hmm. but when you start talking to everybody like you and I have done for four years, it's not that crazy at all. Well, and and we're talking to people all over the country, so there, I, there that, is that's what there's fun. a there is a very comfortable thread that ties us all together, and exactly. I, I really really do appreciate it, and we appreciate you, the What Podcast listener. Uh, so here you go, our conversation with Alex from Consequence of Sound next week is a big one for me. Uh, more information on yeah, that on social excited. media. What? We're a little excited. I'm, uh, I got to dork out a little bit. The what <laughs> underscore podcast on Twitter. More information on who our guest is next week there. Enjoy this conversation with Alex on the what podcast. Which bands this year that matter? How's Alex doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing super. I love, uh, it looks windy, really windy there. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful in Philly. <laughs> I want to put on some, uh, put on some sunscreen. Sunscreen would help. I think little, an SPF 45 would be nice for yeah. you. A man that wears black to the beach. That's my kind of guy. I, I do. I, uh, so what is your, by the way, as, as a publisher of Consequence, what is your day-to-day -day operational duty today? Like, what did you do today? What did I do today? Yeah. Um... That's a good question. It really varies day to day. So what did I do today? Um, let's see. I had a bunch of call. Let me go ahead, man. You guys didn't give me like any, uh, any, uh, that's how we work. That's how we work. We do it without a net, my friend. Let me pull up my calendar. <laughs> okay. That? That's what I want. <laughs> I want the calendar because and you so know, I had a, I had a grammar meeting with, okay. with, with our editors today. At okay. oh, how's your grammar? <laughs> no grammar it's, it's grammar uh, that's what i said placements of commas so that grammar was like <laughs> wait y'all had a meeting you really had a meeting about well so we have a we have a new managing editor um who we brought in about two months ago and um she's kind of been rebuilding or kind of tore everything down and rebuilding it up and uh she's had an issue for a while now with the placement we have of commas Ah. <laughs> in uh, in song like song Barry, you're a, you're a I, that's why I'm laughing. So, I understand completely. We've so, had hours, yeah, hours. Yeah, but if you've long. ever read any of his stuff, you know they don't do the grammar conversation. <laughs> not hey. me, not me. I let the editors <laughs> deal with it. But that's why I'm laughing. I get it. We had a we had a weeks long conversation about square brackets versus the round brackets. Yeah, right. That's why I'm laughing. I get. I don't it. understand. What do you mean? Th those are called parentheses. Well, well, apparently uh, AP style says if it's a quote within a quote, it has to be square bracket. Mm -hmm. And this was like, this was the, it, I mean, it, 
change the whole building. You have but no Al- idea. But Alex, do you guys do you guys feel as though that you're you're set on this like AP style thing? Since you're like you're in the wild wild west, you can pretty much oh, invent well, that's it as you we go. Were doing, right. So we were. Uh, I mean, this is minutia, but we were. Um, Love it. <laughs> we were. Uh, we had the commas outside the song. So, so like the song, and then there's quotation marks, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. Inside. So the, big, the big point of debate has been uh does the comma go inside or outside of the quotation everything right. is inside now again and, and, correct <laughs> well that was that's uh gab our, our managing editor that's her uh she comes she worked at billboard before she came here mm-hmm. so she's um you know she's she's got that ap thing she's uh yeah. i wish my job was so easy that i could have a discussion about commas <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not a you don't understand. <laughs> People lose their heads explodes over this stuff. <laughs> Guys, I got in a fight over a fart joke today. OK, uh, let's check my calendar because uh, life is tough. But but I guess the point that I'm making is and this is not casting aspersions. Why are you there? Why was I there? Yeah, That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, so, I mean, I started Consequence like 15 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm still like super involved in most aspects of the day to day. I think it's because I'm um, uh, very uh, anal retentive, <laughs> and I and I like uh, kind of being involved and knowing what's going on. But at the same time, I, I have recently kind of like um, delegated a lot more. So uh, well, that's because the why operations- was I there today? Um, yeah. <laughs> You don't have so to. we have uh, our two top editors are Gab and Ben, and um, Ben was very pro keeping the uh, the the uh, comma outside of the parentheses or the quotation marks, and Gab was very anti. Wait, did so, we have uh, a fight about so commas? Come, was there had, like a real fight that happened today? I was kind of moderating it. Wow, <laughs> I, I, this is inside I, I inside baseball. Were, I could believe there were fists thrown. Right, I, you would not be surprised. I can't wait I to hear their stance on semicolons. <laughs> Fortunately, we're not in the office at the moment, so uh, it was all Zoom fighting. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm sorry, so no my hands, connections. No down. hands were thrown. Okay, <laughs> good deal. Well, let's. let's sorry, go back I'm to- really distracted because uh, the I'm I'm a big Mets fan. I am too. It's the Grom Day, baby. It's the Grom Day. Like wait, shell. you're a Mets fan in Philadelphia? Well, yeah. I mean, how I- did this happen? I've only lived in Philly for a couple of years. Okay. All right. Yeah. So just a side side note here, as a fellow Met fan, we are in big trouble because we just can't hit. We can't hit. I mean, I don't know if you saw the uh, tonight. The ground already gave up three runs. Wow. That is a first. I mean, Barry Taco Taco has no idea what we're talking about, but Barry... (laughs) Um, DeGrom is on a pace that is unlike any other pitcher, maybe in the history of baseball, what he's been able to do, uh, his, I mean, he's batting like three thirty. you know, <laughs> as a pitcher, the guy is just like my high school, my high school the guy's doing everything. And his ERA was at 0.69 before he came into this game. So giving up three runs is a major, major yeah, it's ordeal over one now. Yeah. All while the Mets are clinging to a two game lead in the East. Um, they're yeah, messing they, it up. They are. They're becoming the Mets and tacos redirect redecorating the bus. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, it's all good so, now. So backwards for a second. You, sure. you talk about how Consequence of Sound started. Um, was it just you? Was it just you and a, and a guy? Why did you do it? 
Um, so I was always uh, super interested in uh, journalism growing up. I think you and I have talked about this on the side. Like I was like, super obsessed with uh, talk radio growing up and, and also kind of on the side, uh, like journalism, like I, I like the nerd who like uh, would buy like the New York Times or the New York Post and the New York Daily News whenever I went and visited New York City. And so, but I also, I originally wanted to be a, a sports uh, journalist. And when I got to school, um, I applied for the radio station and I think they, they rejected me. I went to school in New York at Fordham and they, uh, they rejected me. So <laughs> I was kind of like over that. The summer coming into when I went to Fordham, I, uh, I uh, really got into music. Like, um, like uh, I went to Lollapalooza for the first time. I saw the white stripes. Like that summer was pretty like transform, uh, like transformative for me. Um, whereas I was like, man, uh, I really want to like write about my experience seeing the white stripes mm-hmm. or um, seeing a broken social scene at Lollapalooza. So I kind of was like, you know, I want to write about music now. And so I actually applied for a couple jobs when I was, uh, I was a, it's still at Fordham and like uh, I think applied to be an intern at spin and um, a couple other places. I didn't get anything. So I just was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll just start my own thing. And it kind of just like, went from there right so hmm. it was originally just like a, a hobby but i'm also as i mentioned earlier i'm, I'm a very intensive person if i like start doing something i, I want to be the best at it so as soon as i like uh started it i was like well if i'm gonna do this i want to do it right i want to be the best and i saw you know like what pitchfork was doing and what stereo gum was doing and i'm like well i can do this better hmm. and and so then i just got more and more invested into it like started learning how to code um started learning like all there is to know about uh music uh journalism and all that and this was like the mid 2000s so it was it was kind of the wild west still and um and yeah it kind of just like over time it just snowballed from there we kind of i mean it's a long story but well hang on a second so when so when i'm guessing this is 2006 somewhere around there and uh-huh. you just start picking up coding and picking up did yeah, anybody yeah. that I'm, was I'm a, i was a Kind of a uh, social recluse. Yeah, you'd have to be to start picking up all this yeah. stuff in the mid aughts. My my college roommates probably thought I was like this weird fucking doo doo. Yeah, I go, let me before you go forward, Brad, because I know where you're going. I want to go back to the talk radio thing. Cause yeah, yeah, let's talk about talk radio. What what where what was it? That no you, one ever. Well, yeah, I know. What would Limbaugh introduced no, me to talk radio. I go back uh, that you know, far. I'm like uh Brad and I talked about this. I'm like a Opie and Anthony back in the day. Okay. Um, so like what, it much Howard later. Stern to an extent. Like uh not I, I hate the term shot jock because I think it's like throwaway kind of description of what but like that kind of like um adult how would you describe it? No, I, I I describe it as regular dudes hanging out talking about dude stuff. I mean, yeah, it, but it was it, also a lot more like I think when you describe that to uh, describe it that way to people, um, it's kind of like you're not giving them enough credit because like they're re- like no, I know, and you're like, I mean, at their prime, they were like incredibly talented. So, so the reason why people gravitate towards shows like Opie and Anthony, and for me, it was Ron and Fez, right, was yeah. that these are what my friends would be saying, but they're saying everything funnier. They're saying you know, it and they're also, I mean, this was pre-Janet Jackson too. Yeah. The FCC was like a lot um, less. Okay. All right. Uh, so it was also like saying things that push the envelope. Maybe that would not be appropriate in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but as like a 13-year-old kid, when you're like, holy shit, they're talking about, 
you know, like uh, in Opie and Anthony's case, like having yeah. sex in a church. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> that was it, like the coolest felt, thing ever for like. It, a... <laughs> it felt dangerous. It, there yeah. were there were times uh, it really did feel feel dangerous. For right. me, it was. Uh, I go. I'm older. It was Limbaugh. So you got okay. It, uh, it makes well, yeah, sense. I mean, Rush was. I mean, nobody, nobody's ever done it better. Like him or hate him, nobody's ever sure. done I it mean, better. I mean, he was definitely a pioneer in, in his industry, right? Yeah, I can remember, and I've, I've told this story, and it's horribly embarrassing for me. My buddy said, do you ever listen to Rush Limbaugh? And I was like, yeah, I kind of like them, but not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love their first album. I like their first album. So I, uh, and then I became, you know, obsessed for about a year because I was like, I'd never heard anything like this. So yeah. anyway, that's. That's so, me dating but, uh, myself, but we can uh, move on after this. But um, I grew up in uh, Northern Virginia, outside DC, and you might know this, uh, Brad. Um, like the WJFK was like the the yeah. talk station. Yeah. Growing up, and um, uh, G. Gordon Liddy was the midday host. Um, you remember that? Yeah. yeah. And he was like Rush Limbaugh, but like kind of like I don't know. I, crazy kooky, kooky. Yeah, yeah it was kooky not not as not as normal not as sane <laughs> yeah but it was weird because like he was between howard stern mm-hmm. and like um i think this was like pre-opie and anthony like don and mike i don't know if you remember yeah it was don and mike that's but, right like, um like it was like this weird like kooky right-wing political talk show in between howard stern it's just weird but um alex you and you and i must it's so bizarre that you're talking about all these things and 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 talking about them in the space that you are we must be the exact same age because uh i lived outside of dc um during jfk's run and it's because of jfk and ron bennington and ron and fez is the reason why i wanted to do what i do for a living you know i knew i wanted to get into radio because that was the way that letterman did it i admired dave letterman with all of my heart and he was my hero in life so i knew the first step was was radio but then i didn't know what to do when i was in radio when i got there everybody just said uh just you know find somebody that you like and just do what they do yeah. And then I found Ron Bennington and that's what made it my career without Ron Bennington. I don't know. I don't know if I, I do any of this to be honest with you. Anything. Yeah. I don't, I think I didn't think I, I, the reason I never gravitated towards radio as like a profession is I knew I wasn't like talented enough to like, that doesn't matter. No, no. But, <laughs> Look at well, me. I mean, I, I didn't want to be like some like <laughs> random board op, you know, like no, right. I was going to do something like I knew I would, I, I didn't, uh, you didn't want to give sports scores in the like weather. You didn't want to do sports in the weather. I, I that's think what we always, that's I what had this like, um, <laughs> you know, I had this like uh, unrealistic perception of what uh, I think before I got to college, I had this unrealistic fantasy or maybe like a romance of like what a beat reporter was. Yeah. <laughs> And so yeah. I was like, man, I want to be like, uh, you, you want to be Hunter S. Thompson and there. No, no, no I want to be a job. reporter, you know, like, I mean, oh, you, all right, I'm going to make. And then you like, as soon as you're like, oh, you're going to make $35,000 a year. Sure. But think about the way the beat reporting has changed in oh. that everybody now, the, the beat reporter is the fan blog. It's, well, it is now, but I'm, I'm talking about like when I was. Uh, well, it's sort of what you did. Right. They, sure. they they figured out a way to create a a life for okay. themselves based on the things that they liked. And they just whipped it up on their own with their own merit. The thing that is is impressive about this is that you did this all by yourself and you jumped into a a profession that mm-hmm. I'm sure was not very kind to you. Um, I'm wondering if if as a new kid in 2006 and all of a sudden you're whipping up some sort of website, did, did people take you seriously up front? Uh, I, you know, that's a good question. I don't I don't know if uh, 
<laughs> I, it took a lo long time, I think, for people to take us seriously. Um, and I think it's because we kind of were a disruptor to an extent. Um, and I will say, like, when I, when I started Consequence uh, in, in 2007, um, like, this was, like, the kind of really, like, uh, it was, like, the kind of, like, a Wild West of, of music uh, digital, digital music journalism. And, like, I remember distinctively, like, Pitchfork, who I, at the time we, I kind of viewed as, like, my number one competition, like, they didn't post articles in the evenings or weekends, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, like, maybe it was the first or second year that I started doing this, like they like put up an article or a post on their website in like the beginning of December saying, we're taking all of December off. We'll see you in January. <laughs> right. Wow. And like, I'm like, Ballsy. yeah, but that was what it was like. Right. Yeah. Like it wasn't such a doggy dog, uh, uh, kind of like rat race to be first mm -hmm. and everything. And, and I think one of the reasons why, um, we, we had, success early on was because um is like a, a a person who you know like like uh, obsessed over you know like something like i'm i'm like ocd so like i if i obsess over something like i get really into it and i was like well i'm not doing anything tonight um why do i need to wait until uh 9 a.m to write about you know this whatever and so that was and i think that was it was kind of like you know, we were disrupting the the kind of way of going about things. And so that plus the other thing that we did early on that didn't really make us any friends was um, we uh, so initially we started the kind of live music has always been like the bread and butter of consequence because we started, um, you know, like I, I was inspired to start consequence um, after going to Lollapalooza some of the initial individuals who were involved alongside me, like I met them on a, the Lollapalooza message board. Um, and I was like, you guys want to like join this like small little blog that I started and they, they came on. And so initially, like we were really like all about live music. We still are, but like we would keep track of like festival rumors and like who's playing Lollapalooza or Bonnaroo or Coachella. And over the first couple of years, you know, as you're doing that, you also inevitably run into people who are like, well, I like what you're doing. Um, you should know that so-and-so is playing Coachella, right? Mm -hmm. And and just, you know, eventually like built up some sources um, and we started like breaking, uh, especially Coachella's lineup. We would say, hey, Paul McCartney's headlining. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that we broke over the years, but yeah. we broke mostly Coachella, Bonnaroo and uh, Lollapalooza. And like, I remember like after the first time that I, Paul McCartney, I just think I'd have to go back and look, but like Paul McCartney was like the first, I don't know what year that was. Maybe it was like 28, 2008 or 2009 was like the first one that we broke. And I remember getting an email um, from Coachella. I, I don't remember who sent it. It wasn't, Paul, but it was um someone and they were just like yo you guys this isn't cool <laughs> and we're gonna you know basically saying like you're blacklisted right from covering the festival and um and so like we were like um would not get media uh, approval 
to cover Coachella for like the first five or six years of, of the, the publication's existence. Um, and it was just because we were like, that's not like, I, like I looked at it as like, this is just no different than like covering uh, trade rumors right, or free right. signings in, in mm-hmm. sports. And so what, what, what's the big deal about us breaking a, who's headlining Coachella? Um, but they're like, that's not how you guys do it. Um, you have to wait until the announcement. And so, and, and so uh, I think we also rubbed some people the wrong way initially doing that too. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, look, they, they, they feel as though you are and people like you and, and even us to a smaller extent it is a marketing arm for them. Um, and, you know, it is a, it's a delicate line that you have to walk. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you want to, um, you're willing to put something on the line and also disrupt the marketing aspect of this. And right. because all of this is still a business and you're going to need them and they're going to need you at some point. I got to wonder if it wasn't, if it wasn't like breaking a festival or something like that, when was the moment that you felt like, I think this is, this is working. This is, we got this. It was never, there was never like one moment, honestly. It just was like a kind of like a snowball. So it's like I graduated school and we were doing well enough that like I could make it a full-time job. Like at the very least, like I could um, rent an apartment in Brooklyn and do this full-time, you know, like I wasn't like making, I wasn't like vice and I'm not like, uh, like hop or jet off, jetting off to wherever, like uh, Spain, but, um, well, it doesn't look like it based on that beach you're sitting on. Right. Right. (laughs) But, um, but, uh, there was never really like a singular moment. I mean, there were definitely like surreal moments. Um, like the first, at least in the initial, initial years, we had a really close relationship with Lollapalooza because they liked the fact that we kind of like the origin of consequence was we met on the Lollapalooza message board, which isn't in existence anymore. Um, but they liked that. And so like, they were very kind to us early on. Hmm. And so like the early year is like, we, you know, they'd give us like VIP passes and like, um, kind of have us, uh, they would syndicate our content on their website and like drive us backstage on golf carts and like, you know, like gave us really nice access. And I think that was maybe the like first real, real surreal moment Yeah, is like being side stage on, uh yeah. like main stage and there's like eighty thousand people out in the the crowd yeah um, i mean when 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 you're sitting in the boom boom room of uh Lollapalooza and perry farrell just walks by with two women on his on his arm you're like oh okay well, this i'm just, is, uh, I'm, I'm just right. sitting here thinking contrasting uh that where you sort of get blacklisted you said well yeah so it was Coachella blacklisted us, but Lollapalooza was very nice to us. Yeah, but I'm thinking this year, Mdu Mokhtar, who no one has ever heard of, is now a hero amongst a lot of us. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think he's great. Yeah, well, he is the music. We all know him now, but I mean, he's the one who sort of released the Bonnaroo thing. And uh, oh, I get what you're saying. You yeah, know, it's just a you know different worlds. Uh, I think. I think honestly, like like for us like in right now in 2021 it's really not like i i just think uh they don't care as much right i mean like if it leaks my argument to coachella and to an extent bonnaroo was always like guys this is just added free publicity for you i don't know it's not watergate that's what i always say it's not watergate no no yeah it's like (laughs) these aren't state secrets i mean like you're you're getting 
you know, like, let's say, for example, we we uh, reported on the Coachella lineup like two weeks before they were going to do an announcement and every every um, publication picks it up. Right. So like, um, we, you know, we say so and so and so and so is playing Coachella and and, you know, uh, Rolling Stone picks it up. Variety picks it up. That's that's an free extra week of publicity for Coachella that they weren't part of their like marketing plan. Right. Mm-hmm. So like. My argument with them is like, you know, I get that you guys want to have it under your own terms, but like, it's not like this impacts you in any way negatively. Well, it, it, the only time it would impact them is if the rumor is better than the actual product. Correct. Right. Sure. And that's what they're there worried about. There, and there are circumstances where, um, uh, like, there would be an artist who you were told was playing and then they dropped out at the last second, right? I've only known of one this artist. I've only known <laughs> we, this year. I've only yeah. known of one artist who actually backed out because the announcement was early. And Brad knows who I'm talking about. Well, and, we, it was, and it was his fault. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't actually I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. Remember. Riverbend. Who was oh, the artist? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It was my fault. It was your fault. <laughs> I did that. Oh yeah. I forgot I've about that. I've only known of one. Uh, I'll, I'll, one. Just tell you, I'll tell you who it was. It was Weezer. So they blamed they this this rinky dink festival in Chattanooga. I was on you the can board. Barely call them. it a festival. It's not a festival. It's a it's a you know fried chicken uh-huh. uh, hoedown. But anyway, so they had booked. We I was part of the board that booked the bands, and so they tell me, "Hey, we got Weezer. We're going to announce it. Insert morning here." All right, cool. Well, I get on the air, and we're zip zings, fart noise, fart noise, Weezer, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, it's it's like six o'clock in the morning in LA and the phones are ringing and they're like, we don't, we don't have a show in Chattanooga, Tennessee. (laughs) So they lied to me and I've been on the air this whole time talking about Weezer, 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 Weezer. And then what did Weezer do the next day? They pulled out of the show because they didn't have the the thing. It wasn't really Weezer's fault. You're telling it wrong. They pulled, they absolutely pulled because you broke it early. They're the only one I ever, ever heard of who broke. They didn't have the deal done. (laughs) They okay. didn't have the deal done. They, they, All right. and, Whatever. and the only they one I've ever heard of, Alex. Sorry, we can move on. No, no, no. This is interesting. He's going to blame uh, me. Still, He's still play. sounds like it's Brad's fault. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to give you credit. Everything's Brad's fault. <laughs> but, but it happened, it happened to us this year in that I was specifically told that Kendrick Lamar was going to be. At yeah. Lollapalooza, and then you know, boom, he's he's right, not there. Right, Four right. days later, I just I still don't know the story there. Uh, but so uh, when- I, I I had a, a a few different experiences like that. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it, it was doesn't Lollapalooza. it doesn't feel good to get it wrong though. It doesn't. I mean, it, it does. Sh- it does. Know, like, um, and that's why it's right. it's a little. It's uh. It's I mean like, I, I'm trying to. Was it Lala or Coachella? Um, I think it was pre-pandemic. It was maybe the festival like right before the pandemic. the The weekend was supposed to play. I think mm-hmm. I'm getting this right, and I think it was Lala. And and if if anyone's listening to this, and I'm I'm completely botching this, it's just because it's eight thirty, and um, <laughs> I don't. And the Mets are losing. Yeah, it was stressful. <laughs> but it was. I think it was the weekend. I, I'd have to go back and look because I remember it. I had two different people tell me uh, that the weekend was playing. Mm-hmm. And um, and he, he, at the last second, he dropped out because there was a maybe it was Coachella. I don't I don't remember, but yeah. he uh, he dropped out because uh, he didn't like his placement on the first line. 
he wanted to be the number one um, slot on the poster. Mm-hmm. And I think it was between him and Foo Fighters. If I recall, I could be, I know the, the, the argument was he was, he wanted the number one slot on the poster and the festival, which I'm pretty sure was Lollapalooza said we had already committed to Foo Fighters. Did Foo Fighters, were they booked in like 2019 or 2020? Well, Lollapalooza never came out with the lineup. So right. we don't know. Uh, they never actually released Anyway, them. so the point is, uh, the weekend dropped out like the, the night before okay. because he didn't want to be second fiddle to yeah. Foo Fighters. You know, when you're, when you're already a millionaire, these things are so much easier, these calls to make are so much easier. You know, right. so but now... That, you know, your Kendrick Lamar example, which... Um, I think in what happened with him is uh, he got a nice offer from Golden Voice to play a uh, day in Vegas. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, like that too. I mean, these things do change into die. I mean, uh, you know, I've heard, I mean, just over the off the record stuff that I couldn't talk about, which is lame because I hate when people do that. But like, uh, you know, stories about involving Kanye, who was supposed to play a certain festival and there were, he changed his mind 24 hours before they were supposed to announce because uh, there was an argument over uh, the stage and who would pay for the mm-hmm. stage. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, well, really, the- especially these like the larger festivals, um, they really, the lineups really do, you know, uh, aren't really final final until hours before they announce it. Right. One, crazy. one day, Barry, we're going to get, we're going to get, the guys from AC and or C3, whoever did it at the time, to come on record and actually say out loud how scared they were that Kanye wasn't going to show up for that second Bonnaroo show. Uh, because you know they were, hang- they were hand-wringing. They were panicked that he wasn't going to show up, that he was going to blow it. Look, I well, can't I did tell you how many... Uh, I was at that Bonnaroo. Oh, were you? I was. And uh, that was not a good performance by him. No, so. it's, it was, it, but, but it's Kanye. How many Bonnaroo's have you been to? uh two i think okay all right still a baby i went to the year springsteen me too what's that i've i've been to two as well too really yeah so so back up for a second and i hate to interrupt barry but but once you get to um the brand change Uh you get you get 14 years as consequence of sound first off i want to know how many employees do you have Considering you have now, it seems like 200 divisions of consequence where it turns started out as a music blog. Now it's a film review. Now you got TV commercials. Now you got, you know, you're doing literally every possible piece of entertainment. Uh, How many people are are physically working for you now? Uh, We're around 20. I think that's it. That's it. That's why wow. I'm still sitting in on the, the comma meetings. Yeah, you should probably find some better things to do. <laughs> right? We met 10 of them easily. Probably you have, yeah. Um, we weren't on, we're in on the comma very, meeting, yeah. though. We're a very, um, I think the reason why we've been able to um, be around for as long as we have is we are like a, you know, we're very, uh, you know, kind of everyone is able to juggle multiple roles. We're very um, adaptable um and and uh it's not like it's not like condi where um it's this big behemoth kind of like moving slowly through the sea and if something happens you have to talk to like 50 people and and then 50 other people have to implement the change um i mean there's definitely pros and cons when it comes to uh a structure like we have but yeah we we're a small nimble 
but very uh, dedicated kind of company. And, to that uh, point, and, 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 and boy, we could, I'm going to ask this question and it could be an entire week's worth of episodes, in my opinion. Sure. So you have the comma meeting, in w- which we've made jokes about and we've laughed about, but that's important. It truly is whether, you know, people understand it or not, because mm-hmm. you want to be consistent. My question is more the, the, the macro, I guess. I mean, entertain the entertainment world is wide open. How do you find the focus? What is the focus? What it, what do you see the main focus of what you guys do? Cause you, you literally, I mean, you could, you know, do you get into rumors? Do you get into um, who's dating who, who's not dating who, you, you know, it's, you know what I mean? Uh, but you could. So how, where is your, sure. where do you keep that focus? Uh, you know, in some respects, I'm, I'm, I'm probably kind of jealous of like, um, uh, like someone like you who maybe I'm, maybe I'm glorifying you too much, but like, I can already very, tell you, you already, you have a very specific <laughs> lane, right? Or you're just writing about what's happening in, in, um, where you are, right? Am I right, right, right. about that? Um, whereas like us, like we're a global publication. And so like, uh, there's no like specific, it's everything. It's all encompassing. And yeah, it could get really exhausting and overwhelming. And uh, especially like now um, with like Spotify and, and how it's so, ev- there's more music than ever. I think I saw like, is it like 10,000? Maybe I was, I was, I think I was listening to your guys' uh, show. You had one of the uh, the A&R guy, maybe? Um, like Daly. Who was, who was talking about, or maybe it was the radio. I, I don't remember their names. But, um, Ray Hanson, yeah. Who was, was talking about how like how many songs a day get uploaded to Spotify? Right. Yeah, and that was Mike like Daly said that. insane yeah. amount, right? It's like 10,000 a day or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. I mean, like, it's impossible to, to uh, even, like, wrap your head around how much music there is now. Yeah, but you guys made that conscious decision. What's that? What's you the made the problem? conscious decision to be in every pool. We did. I, I don't know why we did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, I'll tell you why we did that. It was um, uh, the reason why was because it, so much of it is is blurred now too. You know, like you have you have like Trent Reznor writing all these film soundtracks. You know. And you have um, uh, what am I? What, like the the weekend is going to star in a TV show on HBO Max, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's so blurred now the the music, film, TV, mm-hmm. pop culture in general, where it's like, what is music? What is like a what is our lane? You know? Um, what, that's, what my, is, that's my question. What is your lane? How do you so when you when you know, if I were to be hired tomorrow, sure. what, what are you going to tell me my lane is? So from a music standpoint, uh, our kind of ethos was always, and it still is, but is um, we wanted to be a bridge between Pitchfork and Rolling Stone, as in, because um, when I started, when I started Consequence, it was like Pitchfork was very like elitist. Um, they, were, they weren't covering like, bands that I really like, like Foo Fighters, Springsteen, um, Pearl Jam, like in 2007, you would not see any of those artists on Pitchfork, right? 
But on the flip side, on like Rolling Stone, you wouldn't see like more underground indie artists like you, like a, a St. Vincent or the national you wouldn't see on Rolling Stone. And so like our kind of thing was like, we want to bridge those two worlds. We want to be able to write about fish and Springsteen and Pearl Jam, but also write about uh, like a band like deer hunter or animal collective. And so that was like our coverage scope. And that's still kind of our, and, and it was it, in some ways it emulated a music festival, right? Like mm-hmm. you, the headliners and you also see the bands earlier in the day and and so that was always kind of like our coverage scope is like underground mainstream um basically an artist that you could potentially see at coachella or bonner um and that's still it present day i mean obviously over the years you know trends in music have changed and and there's more pop and there's more hip-hop and and you also kind of need to cover like um what is part of the conversation so it's like you know um maybe 12 years ago we wouldn't necessarily write about uh a taylor swift album but now she's so much part of like you know like she's collaborating collaborating with justin vernon and the guys from the national yeah she's got a big red machine song coming out tomorrow right and and so uh you know like taylor swift is now part of that world that we're in so um I mean, it's definitely been adaptable over time, but I, I, it still really is like, who would you see play Bonnaroo, right? So like, you you have the top of the. I mean, I, who's playing Bonnaroo this year? I don't remember. Oh, uh, I know Lizzo, right? You, you should yeah, listen to the what podcast? Yeah, there's a podcast <laughs> that can tell you everything you need to know about that. Foo Fighters, Naked <laughs> Stallion, Lizzo, right? My so morning jacket. Time yeah. you got like a smaller artist, so. Okay, but okay, so so when, but, but it's definitely, the- but it's definitely grown from a rock roots, and uh, it doesn't feel as though that you guys yeah. ever feel too snobby about it. Like no. you said, you feel like pitchfork pitchfork is, um, but how often do you guys say no? We we can't we can't. This is not our this is not our area. These, this is not our band. This is not the sound we're looking for. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, that I, it, it's not, I think we, we don't make it, uh, you know, that I, I can't remember the last time that had been the case. And it's not because we're not filtering. It's just like, we know the artist. And so like, it sounds uh, to me that, that you're trying to, you're trying to grab a zeitgeist and not so much a musical influence and type of band. Well, I think that isn't that a, a music festival in present day, though. Well, I mean, I mean, like some some being more successful than others, I guess. Sure. Well, I think every large festival has sold out this year, right? That's uh, so, what is your definition of successful? I mean, let's okay. So, if 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 I'm Hangout, Hangout has a direct top forty lane. Um, sure. Bonnaroo has a specific type of of artists that they like even when they dabble into the country world or dabble into the hip-hop world they're still you can still draw a line and and connect all of the artists Lollapalooza is very turned into a massive EDM crowd at this point um so they all fit a little bit differently in in the whole scope of it Uh, they do still I mean like you still have tool headlining Bonnaroo I mean, when's the last time Tool's been on radio? 
or relevant to a 15 year old, you know, yeah. like there's still instances where Radiohead's still playing Lollapalooza or, um, or the cure is playing Coachella, you know, like it's not, I mean, I get what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I think there's still instances, especially with these larger festivals where they still do make a point to include um, legacy artists or mm-hmm. more critically acclaimed artists. You know, it's not just all like, like Lala. Yeah. I mean, we, we all have our criticisms for what that festival has become, but you know, you could still see a day in the next couple of years where like nine inch nails are headlining or, mm-hmm. uh, Sure. Queens of the Stone Age are playing. And those aren't like necessarily like artists that are relevant to uh, a 17 year old who just wants to see a bunch of ED, like take Molly and see a bunch of EDM, you know? So like, I, gotcha. um, I guess that's where we're kind of, I mean, like, yeah, for I, us, it, it feels, it feels like you guys just feel it and you know it when you see it. Well, yeah. That, uh, that's where I was. All right. That's where I was going to go. So, I mean, what what we've done for four years is talk about Bonnaroo. And one of the things that we always say is we just trust them. We get, we trust them to book bands that are good. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, we had Troy on a couple of weeks ago, Brad's boss talking about how radio has a formula that it uses a database formula, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the same question to you is, you know, we trust Bonnaroo. I don't know if they have a formula. So it's, I guess what I'm, what, what I'm hearing is, and what you guys do is that same sort of, it's just, it's either cool or it's not, it's either good or it's not. It's, it's a lot. Bonnaroo gets it. The radio has years of a formula. I I, I guess what I'm asking is, I mean, are y'all just lucky are you just good? Are you smart? Uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't, uh, I would say it's a, a, well, first of all, I don't think we're lucky. Depends on where you put the comma. It depends. Right. Uh, it's, it's that kind than, of details. Uh, <laughs> a lot of work, right? I, I don't think it's luck. I think it's, uh, right. hard work. Um, but in terms of like, uh, taste making, you know, it's, it's a, it's a combination really of, of gut of um looking at it artists who are on the up and up who are getting festival slots you know it's, it's impossible to know everything and every i mean like no one you it's if any publication says we're like on the pulse for everything they're just lying because it's just not possible right okay i mean like maybe so like these five artists came up because they um were first big in the uk and now they're coming over to the u.s um, or these, fu- these couple artists got big cause they were featured in pitchfork. And then maybe these couple artists got big cause they, they had a hit on the radio or, or streams on Spotify, but like, you know, some of those things you don't really find out about until after they've kind of, you know, gotten a little bit of momentum and other ones, it's like, uh, it's a gut. And then other ones, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're just looking at, I, I don't know. Sure. But I, one last, are you looking at, are you looking at data? Are you looking at, we posted this and it did well. So we're going to keep milking that. We or... are a, a company that relies on uh traffic. Okay. So yeah, we do. We know what artists. Hint, 
Hint BTS. BTS. We need to have BTS on the what podcast? We need a little bit more BTS guys who need the numbers up today. BTS, sure, but uh, on the rock side, like Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters, um, uh, Radiohead, The Cure. I mean, those are all those bands. Are just like anything you. they do is huge, huge for us. So uh, it's not just BTS. I know. <laughs> But, um, but but there is but yeah, the, as a as a radio as a radio person who sees the numbers with certain things um you put something up for BTS you're bound to skyrocket uh numbers are, but, but through the roof you can't you can't go all in on one of just one of those sort of lanes you know because like i mean uh, i i know like if you if you say anything negative about BTS it's sacrilegious and you'll get um attacked for yeah, you that's will. the kindest thing i'll say uh but like how long is that trend i mean are in 30 years are they gonna be in the same spot as the cure are um you know in present day 30 years in their career i don't know but um i mean you can't also forget it those those legacy acts have a built-in fan base too you know and okay so more than just because maybe they don't do the same spotify numbers or chart numbers is uh an artist like BTS, but like they still have a very strong and dedicated fan base. But but it's it's fascinating that you're you're paying attention to that kind of stuff though. The the charts, the the data. You are yeah. Yeah. yeah so I mean, you can't just you can't just be like, I mean as much as I would like to, you can't just be like, I'm only covering uh rock bands from the nineties because at some point you're going to uh kind of maximize or you're gonna tap out like all that you can in terms of growth. Right. And, and, uh, and then it's like, okay, well, I I've hit the ceiling when it comes to traffic or whatever your metric is for, uh, covering these artists. So how do I continue growing the company? And, and so then it's like, okay, well, what are these other genres or to get back to Barry's Barry's earlier question? it's like, uh, expanding into film and TV and other areas, it's like, well, that's part of like our growth trajectory and and continuing keeping our publication a healthy and sustainable, especially in like 2021, where mm-hmm. everything is so, um, I mean, it, it's such a, everything is so overnight, like it, a, a thing that was part of the conversation five days ago, people forget about, you know? Mm-hmm. So like you, Thanks, you Trump. have to be so adaptable and, and um cognizant of everything that's going on i'm, I'm it's glad it's a burden tiresome and i would not recommend it to anyone yeah. who wants to do it because I, it's I, like- I i love how you talked about growth potential uh because and and this is a dumb guy who doesn't do this for a living so i'm just gonna add, everything that consequence does is primarily in the written word um mm-hmm. when you start looking at growth potential when you start looking at how to expand not only can you expand into other areas of entertainment and lifestyle, but have you guys thought about making this a three-dimensional thing and turning it into a music festival? Have you turned? Have you thought about um, y- your own individual video content that you can create, much like an NPR Tiny Desk series, uh, and and be a tastemaker in that aspect? Is that part of the overall plan? It is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just a matter of doing it where you're not like overexposing yourself, right? Or like getting too into one area and then you neglect the other areas and then that thing isn't successful. And then you're kind of like, 
well, I put all my chips into that, right? There's always, I mean, there's this joke in, in the publication sphere of like pivoting the video, right? Where in like three or four years ago, like a ton of publications were like, we're pivoting the video. We're going to invest all our resources in, in video content and, mm -hmm. and not worry as much about the written word. Um, and, and a lot of publications went under because, uh, you know, overnight, again, this is a conversation you could have over multiple days, but like uh, the the kind of profitability and, and um, video platforms changed the way that they were compensating artists and, and or um, compensating videos. And, and then so like all those companies that pivoted the video were like shit out of luck, right? Um, so mm -hmm. same time, you can't be like, I'm going all in on this one thing. Mm -hmm. Your point though, like, yeah, we have explored and we are still having conversations about doing uh, like a festival that's always been kind of like our, our, um, mm -hmm. our uh, what, what's the term? White whale? White right? whale. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that's always been our, our big uh, dream and it just needs to be the kind of the right uh, circumstances where it doesn't expose us and like be like, if it doesn't perform as well after a year, like the whole publication isn't under. So, um, but to answer your question, yeah. I mean, like we're always looking at different ways to be adaptable and and um, not just rely on, because uh, it's 2021 and, and you know, so much of, of how many people growing up like 15, 16, 17 are reading? I don't know, I, I can't answer yeah. that question, but. Me don't like book. <laughs> right right yeah. i mean that's scary that's a scary proposition of like I, I i feel like we've sort of not backed you against the wall you've done thank you so much for doing this but i we have i have so many questions but the one i want to ask and it's another grenade basically okay where, where do you feel like things are right now i mean in we've what? talked about on musically festivals in particular we're heading into one of the craziest falls, end of summers falls ever that mm -hmm. I can remember. I mean, I've done this a long time, 30 something years. Uh, where do you, where do you see it from your perch? The music. Uh, yeah. And where do you, where do you see this fall? And then where do you think, what is it? What is the universe that you, you live in in particular look like? Let's just say January. I think January is probably a reset. Um, well, I'm I'm ask, I'm actually I don't know if I, I should be shocked. I'm I mean the fact I guess I shouldn't be shocked at how much pent up demand there has been, right? I mean the fact that like every single music festival has sold out or is close to selling out um, or canceled. No, well, I'm talking about the ones that are going down. I know, I know, but there are those that just cancel, big whatever, which I think is kind of interesting. There are some, a couple. I wonder how many people regret, like, I wonder, I, I haven't spoken to anyone there, so I, I don't know, I'm just speculating, but I wonder how, uh, if Coachella regrets not trying to do something in the fall. Fair point, but it's worth mentioning that they it, did. Given how, how, I mean, hey, maybe, maybe two months from now, shit, his like spiraled out of control and, and all those festivals that are happening in September can't go on anymore. It doesn't look like that, but you never know what's going to well, happen. Well, right. I mean, they, I don't think the grounds can take uh, the beating in Coachella that uh, 
happens to them every every spring. I don't know if they can do that twice in, in a seven month period and, and have the grounds. Uh, uh, they still, they have enough money. They can figure something out. <laughs> a lot of money. So, um, but, um, but, but to, 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 to the question. question, I mean, I I think there's a lot of pent up demand. I think, um, but I'm also interested to see what 2022. I think that might be the true test is um, once everything's kind of back, there's a ton of options for people. You know, it's not just like six or seven festivals. It's a hundred um, concerts are back. Tours are back in full swing. Um, like what, what does that look like? Because I think, you know, when pre pre pandemic, there was definitely a, um, a saturation point with festivals where uh, there were too many you know, I think where there, there was a festival in every city, uh, a lot of cookie cut cutter lineups and not a lot of diversity. And, and I think some festivals began to like, see there's festival fatigue. And unless you're like the Coachella's or Bonner is, um, it's not that easy as maybe it was a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And yeah. I mean, I still, I still think there's, there's still a lot of festivals. Uh, there's a well, lot of, I'm interested to see how many do come back in 2022 because I think economically were they able to withstand like a two years without every, any revenue? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and not, it's, I'm not talking about like the larger ones. I'm talking about like those smaller, you know, 15, 20,000 people capacity one events that um, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe are a year to year kind of proposition. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You talk about the, the, every major festival selling out the thing that uh, I don't know if I've told the story on the, on the show before, but the people at Lollapalooza were scared shitless all day about that festival, about that lineup. They did not think it was going to sell well. They did not think have any anticipation for it to sell out at all, much less on the first day. So their panic um, was unfounded, even though some would say the lineup is not, you know, is, as full as it normally is the sure. panic was in that room was real um to to first off say to wrap things up first off i really appreciate you yeah having us part of consequence it really is an honor i i've said this so many times to anybody that'll listen when you're a radio guy and you seem to um people seem to care about your tastes they always end up asking you so where do you find music where do you find and i Told him every time, and I've said this for 15 years. Uh, I got three places. I've got um, Sirius XMU, I've got Consequence of Sound, and I've got Brooklyn Vegan. Those are my three sources. And um, you guys have been there since since I mean, God, 15 years. I guess I've been yeah, reading yeah. Consequence of Sound, and the fact that we're part of it is is an insane thing. So first off, thank you. Secondly. Oh. Having it's the much time, spending as much time as you did with us and taking it away from commas is remarkable. I can't believe we were able to pull this <laughs> this kind of talent today. So uh-huh. I do I do want to know though, if you're if you're in conversations about commas, you seem to have a really, really strong hold over pretty much everything that happens on consequence. Am I wrong about that? No, you're not. Okay. Would you know would do you know every link that's on your website right now? Uh, what, 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 where are you getting at? I'm just wondering how well do you know the links on your website? You think you know is every... A, is this a new game show? 
It's I a new game show. Welcome like to it. our brand new game show. It's um, <laughs> called it? Headline or Not. I don't have a name oh, for no. it. Oh, no. Uh, is it really? Yeah, it's a brand oh. new game. Let's do it. <clears throat> I'm going to read you a headline. You tell me if it's on the Consequence site uh, right uh, now, uh, and you cannot uh, cheat. No looking at your own uh, site. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> First headline. We'll go around the room. Tell me if this is a real headline or a fake headline. Red Fang brings the feel-good sludge. Real headline or fake headline, Lord Taco? Fake. Okay. Barry Quarter. Fake. Is this a real headline of consequence.com? I mean, I know we write about Red Fang, so I'm going to go real. It is a real headline. <sighs> the publisher knows his shit. All right, number two. Uh, <clears throat> Radiohead to release a song about ketchup. Red <laughs> Barry Quarter. Fake. Okay, Lord Taco. Oh, that sounds real. Okay. I would love to hear that. And Alex, that. is it a headline on Consequence? I'm, I'm very acutely aware of what Radiohead does, so no. <laughs> okay, no song about ketchup. That is a fake headline. He is two for two. I can't believe how well he knows his own website. <clears throat> Number three. Uh, this, is a, this is a good one. Kurt Cobain skis up for sale. Kurt Cobain skis up for sale. Real headline, fake headline. We start with publisher of consequence, Alex. Um, fake. Okay. Barry Quarter. I'm gonna say fake. Yeah, and Lord Taco. Yeah, I'll, I'll trust the publisher and say. Yeah, fake. I would trust him. That is a fake headline. There you go. You did pretty good. The other. I, I, know, uh, I, uh, I believe his uh, his his old house was for sale. Yeah. So it's a couple of ones that uh, that I didn't get to. Funko rolls out figurines of BTS. That yeah, was well, uh, that was that's true. real. That is that's real. real. And then finally, I like this one. In fact, I'm I've got this mark to read as soon as we get done. Backstreet Boys AJ McLean talks trans representation. Yes, that's real. It is. <laughs> so that's real. Yeah. The man knows his own website. Congratulations. Keep them going. I, I can do this all night. Alex, if you were to try and play the same game with names of shows from the What Podcast, I'd lose. I wouldn't get one right. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. I'm not sure Brad knows my la my last name. Yeah. <laughs> Man, my, my best friend in the world, his name's Alex. Uh, he got so mad at me one time because uh, I didn't know his middle name. Do you know my middle name, Barry? No. No, exactly. but I... I'll tell you I this, do. too. I know your I, middle name. What is it, Taco? Well, I don't want to dox you. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know what <laughs> do that you means. To, I, do you want me to say it? It's Brad. It's Brad. Yeah, it's Brad. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's really, all right, there yeah. you go. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Congratulations. I had a guy give me down the river. Or guy give me grief because I didn't know my older brother's middle name. Turns out he doesn't have a middle name. <laughs> That's why I didn't know it. Anyway. Alex, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, look, guys, I, I as obviously I'm a I really love your show, and I'm glad that uh, you, you guys came up came aboard. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to doing some stuff in the fall when festivals come back. And I I do want to say, uh, Brad, I was listening to last week's episode, which I enjoyed. I love I love that I told uh, Taco that I was a big fan of the uh, the uh, fake verse festival. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you guys brought up Mad Cool, right? Last week. Yeah. This is this shows that I actually listen to your show. I just well, I I appreciate that. Look, if there's so if there's anything... I wanted to bring this up because I went to Mad Cool two years ago. Oh really? How was it? It was incredible. 
Yeah. And we have a, a fantastic relationship with them. Um, I've never, I didn't even, I'd never heard of it. And if I did hear about it, it went right in. You know, what's and, that? Uh, their whole thing is they want to be the uh, East Coast, or they're, and this is a fun fact that I only learned after going to uh, Medco. Mm-hmm. It's actually a shorter flight to fly from New York to Madrid than it is New York to LA, which I did not know. No kidding. Really? And, uh, and so their thing is like, we want people on the East coast to come to mad cool instead mm-hmm. of coming to coach, going to Coachella. I'm not going to lie to you. We, we dabbled with this last week. I really do want to find an international festival to go to just to see how different it is. What was the difference that you saw between what America does and what anybody overseas does? Well, say I, will, mad I, will cool. say that I, I wanted to finish my thought and then I'll answer that. Okay. I think we couldn't have you guys go to uh, Madrid next year if you're interested, because I, I'm, do I have to say I'm, not, I'm not trying to get in front of you guys, but we are in conversations with Mad Cool, and I, I, uh, one of the things that I'd like to do is maybe uh, do like some podcast tapings out there. So can I drive I, the bus there? I don't think the bus. I was literally about to say the same words. I don't think the bus is going to make oh, it. Oh man, we were in. But, except. Oh. but I so, so keep that in the back of your head. But the one thing I'm that I, I'd say okay. is, um, first of all. The thing that was really cool about Madco, and maybe it's just because it was Spain, is uh, it doesn't start till like 10 p.m. Right? Because Spain's so hot. Oh. Um, so like the 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 festival goes from 10 p.m. to I think four or five a.m., which is like you can literally like spend the whole day exploring Spain yeah. and go to the festival at night, which is like really cool. But uh, and the here, other here, here's the big question: What's the VI like? <laughs> <laughs> the Brad's artist gonna, compound is really Brad's going to want to know what the backstage is. Well, yeah. <laughs> you and I are on the same wavelength because I don't go to festivals anymore <laughs> unless yeah. the accommodations are really good. Yeah. Uh, There's a swimming pool. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. All right. I'm in. I'm in. That overlooks the main stage. But, and, uh, and, um, and there was also like a weird meat carving station. <laughs> well, he didn't do was, meat. That's what they through. called me in jail. What? But uh, the one thing I did want to add was um, mm-hmm. it, it's a very mature crowd, right? Because And it was explained to me, well, you know, like so many uh, in America, because the drinking age is 21, like so many kids use festivals as like an excuse to party. What? Um, right? <laughs> but in, in Europe, like that's not a thing, you know, because like kids are assimilated to that so early on. Right, so it's right. like a very mature and mellow um, in like crowd that just like really their sole focus is just like watching music and it was like a very um it wasn't like a stressful experience at all and uh very mellow and it was, it was super enjoyable and uh, um okay but okay but why uh, the only question i have about mad cool why do they do wednesday thursday friday saturday they don't do a sunday is it is it a religious thing i don't think so uh well i think they added the fourth day because they kept uh the, the other thing, because uh, I, I think you brought this up last week about like how they book all these artists is just like all these artists want to, they like, there's a, it's not like Live Nation AEG where it's like they control all the festivals in the US, but like if a, a band's coming to Europe, they want to like maximize um, the number of shows they're playing. So like it's it's a little bit more economical to book those bands because they're already there you know and there aren't a lot of opportunities for them 
So you could book, you know, a muse or a, a, a uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having a faith no more. Yeah, you could book those bands for maybe a, it's a little more economically affordable to book all those bands. I got you. Um, I mean, it, but, it's a remarkable lineup. Ta- Taco, there's literally a band on the Mad Cool Festival lineup called Pabst. I mean, if if only bugged. I will he's say that the one the one drawback that I I learned when I, I went to Spain was uh, they're not big drinkers, right? So. Oh, I'm, a, oh I'm, I'm not in. I'm not in. I don't know. This is a little iffy. <laughs> so all they're 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 mixed up. You were doing so there. well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was on the plane. I was you were on the doing plane. so well. <laughs> mixology was like a you know like a it's like a you went to the bar and it's like they have a vodka and the, the only things they had to mix with it were like regular Coke and Sprite and that was it and it was just. So no Tito's. No, no, they just backstage don't. till you can't stand up anymore. Not like that. So yeah. you might need okay. to sneak some stuff over. I mean, I, I'm all in. I'm all in on the Mad Cool. I'm dying to go to an international festival just just because you know how many yeah, times in your life are you really going to be able to to do something like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, so I wanted to bring that because you brought it up last week, and I'm like, no, I'm glad you did. I, Alex, you're 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 free to come to uh, to the what podcast anytime that you want. Uh, love having the conversation with you. Yeah, Let's go see a for, Mets game sometime. Thank you for letting me come crash it. Um, hey, what do you, hey, what what are your thoughts on uh, butterscotch moonshine? Before <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we were supposed right, to talk you, about that. You guys, can, you guys can stop recording if you want. But uh, <laughs> what, uh, what did I? Uh, what was that? What? Was that festival in Louisville? Uh, Forecastle. Yeah, I went to yes. that, and they had the the uh, whiskey tent. Yeah, they yes. Just, yeah, that that was fucking awesome. That's where remember? I introduced Brad to Ashley Caps, and Brad thanked okay. him for saving live music. And what else? What else happened in that whiskey tent, Barry Quarter? Uh, I don't know. I was too embarrassed. Uh, by me that and Brittany Howard made our love. What year did you go? <laughs> God, I don't even remember Barry. I don't even remember. Me and Barry went together, was, uh, and then I went. I went jacket, to, with my brother. My morning jacket oh, reunion. Yeah, my morning jacket reunion. It, it was, was it was a big storm. The it one was with the, it, was it right. Ed Sheeran or who was that? No, no, no I, the guy that was, it was Sam Smith. Sam, Sam Smith, Smith was on on yeah, and the storm oh, rolled through right. and they had to pull him off the the stage. I can't remember if I went the year before with was our trip to Forecastle the first trip that we had been because I went again with my brother to see the Shakes and that's where I got uh, I got the hug. I got the hug yeah, from Brittany next, and it changed my life. Year. I went, uh, I went in 2014. You... I went and saw uh, the year uh, Jack White, Outcast, and Beck were there. Mm. But, That's uh, a great. I love it. I love that city. No, it was love, a very, love... very cool festival. Uh, but I'm not a big like whiskey drinker. I'm a mm-hmm. like a gin drinker. Yeah. But, well, uh, we we have a special moonshine. They call it moonshine. I don't even know what it's called. But uh, oh, I think moon... it's beer. <laughs> it's it's called moonshine. I think oh. it's called moonshine, Damn. and it will you'll wake up in the woods with a new boyfriend. Is, yeah. So. <laughs> It's that kind of moonshine. If you weren't in for Bonnaroo before, you are now, buddy. You are in. It's amazing. All right, so so yeah, come to come to Bonnaroo. You're welcome to, and and if not, maybe I'll see you at Lollapalooza here in a couple of weeks. I will not be at Lala. Uh, and I guess I forget it. That invitation. I have a. I have away. a old, so my my traveling's a little limited these days. Okay. But I will be at a Mad Cool next year, and. Okay. Uh, I'll figure out what I'm going to next year. I'm going, I think I'm going to go to Life is Beautiful. 
uh, in September. But that's mostly just so I could go to Vegas. That's after. a big one. That's a that's a massive, massive ordeal. Hey, enjoy the beach, man. Enjoy the beach and uh, go Mets. <laughs> Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Alex, so much. Bye, Thank you. Thanks for everything. As we say goodbye on another What Show podcast, this song, as recorded by Repeat Repeat, best friends of the What Show podcast, can be found on Spotify. As of right now, Aquarius on Spotify by Repeat Repeat, the brilliant What Show podcast theme song. Download it, save it, sleep to it, make sweet love to it. Next week, we talk to Cautious Clay. Cautious Clay on the What Show podcast. Next week, the What Show podcast concludes right now. Consequence Podcast Network. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.